You can curse out colonialism, imperialism, and all other kinds of ism. But it's hard for you to curse out that dollarism. When they drop those dollars on you, your soul goes. Welcome everybody to the first episode of the Black Culture Black Thought Podcast, where I will be inviting guests to review some of the most polarizing moments within black culture to see how it relates to black history, theory, and thought. My name is Chelsea Reed, and I am joined by my two friends. I am so excited that they are here. Malik Smith, who is a sports writer and editor and co-host of the No Rules podcast, and by activist, poet, and educator, a scribe called Quest, a.k.a. Michael Questmore, co-founder of Take Em Down NOLA, a coalition dedicated to the removal of white supremacist symbols in New Orleans. He is the policy link artist in residence for We The 100. His blog, The Elsonian Basement, discusses issues of blackness and visibility in the postmodern world or Debosian double consciousness under surveillance. Welcome, guys. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having us. Hey. All right. So I really want to begin with giving you guys a little bit of a history on how we got to this point. Like, why are we debating whether or not Jay-Z is trash for making a deal with the NFL? This really all started on October 14, 2016, when then-quarterback for the 49ers, Colin Kaepernick, decided to take a knee during the national anthem to protest systemic police violence against the black community. Remember, this is in the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, this is the year, the summer, where Philando Castell, Alton Sterling, all were killed by police officers for doing nothing but really just being black and living, and living in a way that white people, white police officers could not accept. When Kaepernick was asked why he was no longer standing for the national anthem, he stated, and I quote, that I'm not going to stand up and show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. His demonstration managed to piss off a lot of white people. White people who love to use pseudo-patriotism as a guise for their racism, as well as the owners for the NFL. He was not offered another contract once he decided to opt out of resigning with the 49ers, and this led to him suing the NFL for colluding to keep him off of a team. Obviously, this caused a huge backlash from the black community. Many celebrities showed up and showed support for Colin, such as Rihanna and Cardi B, both saying that they will not be performing for the Super Bowl. Amongst those supporters, possibly one of the most vocal was Jay-Z. He called Colin an icon. He said no to the Super Bowl. He also tried to get other celebrities to say no to the Super Bowl, such as Travis Scott. So you can only, really only imagine everybody's surprise. I was shocked when I found this out, that he was going to be partnering with the NFL to curate their music platform. And as a part of that partnership, he's going to also be leading or heading their social justice initiative, Inspire Change. This partnership between Jay-Z and the NFL has been extremely divisive, where on one side, you have people like Colin's girlfriend and former teammates, going hard against Jay, saying that this is just a money move and nothing more. There's no way you can loop in social justice into this without bringing Colin to the table and bringing him in before the deal's been finalized. Um, but then on the other hand, you have people like P. Diddy saying that Jay-Z has always been selfless and fights for the people and that black folks cannot be divided. Then you have those who I think is a lot of people who are like just kind of playing this wait and see game, trying to make sense out of this, trying to see what Jay-Z is doing with this. 
So I brought Malik and Quest here to just debate whether or not Jay-Z's trash. But that's not really the question we're debating. Uh, we're going to be answering the question of can this partnership between Jay-Z and the NFL be labeled as a social justice initiative or is it just a chance for Jay to secure more money into his bag and for the NFL to like have a black co-signer? Plus, what do you think? Well, uh, my thoughts have been pretty extensive. I wrote a whole blog on it. Check it out, The Ellisonian Basement. Um, basically, um, Jay, I feel like what I argue on the blog and what I, I'll say now is that, uh, you know, Jay's a capitalist to his heart. We've always known that. And this is not an ad hominem argument. This is not about dragging a particular person by the name of Sean Carter, Jigga Man, or Jay-Z, whatever his name is going by. It's about the fact that he's aligned with an ideology that has... Uh, misdirected the brother, has directed him in a way of uh, prioritizing profit over people, prioritizing uh, the bag over his, his uh, over any kind of principle. And it's so blatantly obvious in the way that he would do this because, um, I mean, with this, just the, the sheer shadiness of it, the fact that we know that, you know, um, even before you get into the weeds of like his ideology and the way that he's played this out ever since he was selling crack on the block, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Very, very uh, uh, aligned for him and consistent with him. I'll give him the points for consistency uh, to be somebody that's willing to sell poison to your own people in order to make a come up. He was making, you know, like a hundred K or whatever it was when he was in Brooklyn hustling drugs and to take that same mentality and apply it to a cold hearted capitalist regime. I always argue that, you know, um, for young black men, especially who were seduced by the drug game, um, they were turned into some of the most vicious uber capitalists um, the world knows aside from, you know, the big corporations who, uh, you know, really reign supreme in even more brutal ways. And so in a lot of ways, he got the training he needed to be um, very uh, cold and calculating about how he was going to get his cash since the days of putting crack, you know, into his own people's uh, hands as a, as a young man. So now to be in the business world, we watched him do this, um, with his hip hop all throughout his career. And since he's platformed co that career into a clothing industry, um, you know, come up and um, we can argue, you know, the, all of the ills of the textile industry and what it means to even be able to sell clothes ethically. That's not even a question that we look at very closely, but it's implicit in this conversation. Um, and then we jump from there to, you know, his little one fifth of every penny on the dollar that he had invested in Barclays, but he allowed them to use him as the front man while they simultaneously displaced all kind of uh, black yeah. and brown and poor working class folks from his native um, and my native borough from whence we bail Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like um, he's shown us all throughout this time that he was willing to do whatever um, was necessary for him to not only get the bag, because with Barclays, you see that was even a lot of money, but to also platform himself so that he could continue getting the bag. And with this one, I think he really just pulled the gloves and the mask off and did it more um, blatantly than he's ever done it uh, because clearly he, he did a lot of mouthpiece and platforming for Colin just to turn around and stab his brother in the back in the name of, uh, you know, getting himself uh, this partnership with the NFL, which is going to prove to be however lucrative. But yeah. like he showed with Barclays, it's not even always about the money for him. I think it's really about the uh, positioning within a white corporate world. And he was willing to do that at the expense of the principles that um, that uh, Colin was standing for. So yeah, for me, it's clearly about the bag. And I'll just close with this. 
Um, don't take my word for it. Listen to his, his man's. Listen to Dave Dash. Dave Dash should tell you, you know, that man bit trash. Clearly he's got his own bias and object subjectivity in the argument. But, you know, um, I think I believe in that old hermetic principle as above, so below. If you can operate in that way on the block, you can operate in that way in a friendship with somebody who's your business partner and friend and help you get your come up into the game, then you can definitely do it to somebody like Colin who you barely know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think um, Jay-Z has been very consistent at the very least. And just to put like a human element to what you're saying, Quest uh, and I actually grew up on the same block, which is very close to Barclays Center, but 10 years apart. And I was there at the time when Barclays was in its development, um, when they were trying to buy that land to build the center and the amount of people that it displaced, the amount of people that it priced out of that neighborhood Fort Greene, that's the area I used to live, was a black neighborhood at one point, and it started pricing out, and now it is, you can find, like, a studio for, like, $3,000 in Fort Greene Park. I, I don't really know, man. It's like, he keeps saying, like, you know, he says, buy the block, but he's not telling you to buy the block for black people, I feel like. I feel like he's telling you to buy the block so that way you could turn it into a profit that doesn't ever get back to the pockets of the people who were originally on that block. And to be sure, Chelsea, I, I, I don't necessarily question his sincerity when he says by the block. I think a lot of brothers, I think a lot of rappers, especially who are like promoting that whole agenda, um, do potentially have sincere intentions. I just think that it was done a lot better by like a Nipsey Hussle or it's being done mm -hmm. better by Rick Ross because they um, do more micro investment. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to buy these franchises that will actually be in the hood. Jay-Z, make no mistake. Um, prides himself, esteems himself on being able to be at the table with the big, you know, in the words of the late great Biggie Smalls, Rich Willie Crackers, who was somebody that I also quoted at the beginning of it, to put in the context the fact that he's not the only one, you know, Biggie loving the life, that was my fave when he was here, all of that, but we've always, as, as, as black men especially, had this very Emperor Jones-esque mentality, look up the Paul Robeson movie, Emperor Jones, where within the colonial state or the domestic colonial state that is America, which we often fail to identify correctly as a domestic colonial state. We want to be the king of the quote unquote nigger kingdom. You know what I'm saying? We want to be the ones who will be reporting mm. directly to the big white boss man and nah, don't worry about them, I got it. You know what I mean? And we feel esteemed based on a Eurocentric and capitalist standard, which is a double whammy against our own consciousness because here it is, uh, we don't have any particular base for our own identity we find our, um, our value in how well we can perform as white men. And so Jay-Z is a very performative white man in blackface, and he's been that since jump. And um, yeah, I don't think that he means harm when he says by the block, he just doesn't have another blueprint to draw from. Yeah. But can you just explain some of those things um, in terms of colonialism, how it relates to capitalism, and how it relates to white supremacy? Um, well, colonialism, of course, was the original project. Just a little quick brief history snippet. Um, it's, you know, European countries going out into the world, starting with Portugal, then after that, Spain, and then you got France, uh, uh, the Dutch, you've got, you know, French and British, and they all descend upon the Americas and they descend upon Africa, and they decide that they're going to take the resources, distribute them how they choose. They're going to take the people, distribute them how they choose, and use them for free labor. And that pattern, which was set in a place, um, you know, 500 years ago at the beginning of the colonial experiment, has never withered away. It hasn't um, changed. It's only changed form. And so anything that we try to understand about 
modern business or capitalism or white supremacy, all those things come out of the colonial project. White supremacy was an ideology created to substantiate colonialism, to give it uh, credence and substance. They know, according to Manifest Destiny, we have the right to be here and do this this way because we're the supreme race, right? That's white supremacy. And then capitalism is the economic uh, vehicle or bottle, if you will, that bottles up all of the aforementioned ideologies of colonialism and white supremacy. So here it is. Um, I don't even have to do it as a white person anymore. A black person can perform capitalism because allegedly it just comes down to the economics of the thing. And the way that um, what it's rooted in is uh, this really diabolically genius mathematics, which says, okay, um, you work for an hour, you produce 10 widgets for me, I give you one widget worth of value in return because I'm the boss. And yet I just made nine widgets of surplus off you. That's called surplus value, right? If I do that to 10 workers, now I as the boss have 100 widgets worth of value and only gave back 10 to the community that I just exploited. And yet that has such a colorless dynamic that you don't even have to uh, be a white person to do it. But since white people created it, they will always have the spread of that nine widgets that I just explained, right? That nine widgets that within an hour of labor from 10 people is gonna to turn to 90 widgets. And by the end of the workday, that 90 widgets or that 100, right, that they surplus 90 with is gonna to turn to 800 because it's an eight hour workday, right? What do we walk away with? We got eight, they got, you know, 8,000. And that absorbent spread between the two will never be closed up, not to mention it's already stacked on top of the back of 400 years of free, absolutely free labor. So capitalism bottles all of these things up in a way that um, it makes it impossible for poor working class, black and brown people the world over to ever combat it or ever beat it. And when we start to claim that we're gonna make a comeuppance through black capitalism, one, eh, you can't win in this race because they're too far ahead. Two, eh, you can't win in this race because the ideology of capitalism has a precondition, pre-existing condition in it of exploitation. So when you say you made a meal, all I want to know is who did you exploit to make that meal? Where are the other people who, um, you know, you, you advanced yourself now, which is ahead of in order to make that meal. And so um, to the base text, Robert L. Allen, who's, you know, ever so crucial for us to read as a people right now, um, we're not going to understand what's happening to us until we can more, not only sufficiently understand capitalism and its ills, but to also um, delve into the very specific ways in which um, capitalism created programs during the 60s as a retort to the black power agenda that was newfangled and really just being created as we were, you know, building a plane as it flew during the black power movement. And so, you know, so we could call Michael said black power, but we didn't really define what black power was. So, you know, big corporations came in and told us, well, black power could look like this, it could look like this. And they gave us business and capitalism as a remedy. And they were more than fine to do that because they knew that, you know what, they'll never catch up no matter how many business they start. Because it's big bank, take little bank, and a little bank ain't never gonna catch up with the big bank and capitalism. Yeah. I want to kick it over to Malik. What are your initial thoughts on this deal? Well, first of all, I mean, you laid it out very well. Um, I didn't think we were going to get into the theory of capitalism. Right? <laughs> right <laughs> um, off the bat. Right yeah, there. no, but, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that, I think that that, and I don't mean any pun when I say this, I think that definitely colors the argument. Oh. Um, and that, that makes the conversation obviously much more than just, I don't like what he did. I do like what he did. I don't like the look. I don't like this. I don't like that. 
when you break it down to how this country operates, and I've said this to a bunch of people, the NFL's problem is an American problem. Mm -hmm. Kaepernick, when he said that he wanted to protest and he laid out all the reasons why he wanted to protest and all the backlash that it created was a problem that basically showed you how America looks, right? The, The NFL is a sport where people will literally run into each other at high speeds. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a brutal sport, it's a, a, it's a gladiator sport, and the, the majority of the people that watch the NFL obviously are white because this is America. So when they see something that they don't like from a majority yeah. black sport, um, and they decide to push back against it, it shows you that, that this, uh, this is bigger than just, um, you know, just taking a knee on the field now, and and I think I think one thing that that caused me to um, get easily annoyed by this conversation was the fact that um, you know they did the press conference and everyone's like, oh, you know, I didn't like what he said and I, I didn't really, yeah. I didn't really like how he said this and how he said that, and I'm I'm, I'm not saying this to uh, to uh, put words in his mouth or, or, or say, oh, this is what he meant, that's what he meant, because I think that you get into a very slippery slope when you do that. But I think that a lot of the things that he was saying, he was, he was, was, was speaking in very general terms and people took what he said and they said, okay, well, this is what that means. And this is what this sounds like. They, they took the clips and they cut them up and they said, oh, he said this and they left out other parts of what he said. I don't think that you can make this um, a, this isn't a, a binary argument, right? It's not one or two sides. I think that there's multiple layers to this to this issue. Um, and not to take away from the, the argument that you made about capitalism, um, at the same time, unless we have a system that replaces capitalism, yeah. that's, just, that's the country that we live in, right? Like, that, that's just the situation that we're in. In the situation that we're in, I think that there is an, a, a room to maybe not necessarily overthrow the white person who owns everything, but to somewhat bridge that gap. Now, granted, like you said, they had a 400 year head start, so we're not ever going to catch up to them. At the same time, when you look at a lot of the things that, especially in the entertainment industry, which is where Jay-Z has made his money, a lot of the things in, in the entertainment industry are shaped and, um, you know, pushed by black people and black culture, right? So to some extent, you could say that the products that we create, whatever we do, whether it's music or dancing or clothing or whatever, we can put on a, you could take the wood from this table and, and you know, turn it into something. And if, if, if it's hot, white people will be like, oh, well, how can we make yeah. 20 of those, right? So we are, um, in, my, in my opinion, I think we are engines of, uh, revenue just just off of the, the things that come to our brain because everybody wants to do things that black people do um i think that this is an opportunity for jay-z to use his influence in the music industry and the entertainment industry to put himself at the table with these white people who i don't think give two shits about him or kaepernick or the black people that watch their programs at all but it allows someone to actually be there to say, this is not a good idea because it hurts your bottom line. All they care about is the bottom line. Right? Yeah. This is not a good idea because it hurts your bottom line. A lot of these people that own these teams are old and white. And at some point they're going to die and they're probably going to pass their, their teams on to some other white person who you know is in their family. But at the same time, 
I, I would like to think in an in, in ideal world that we can, from where we are now, use whatever tools that we have to integrate ourselves into, not, I shouldn't say integrate because that sounds like simulation, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to, I, I don't want to say overthrow either because I don't think it's that easy. I, I, I think that like, I think the, the end goal for, for, for me, when I, when I first saw this happening and when I first took this up and I was like, you know, adamant about it and, and angry about it and wanted to see change, especially from the fact that I worked in sports yeah. and I was seeing it happen, you know, every single day. This wasn't an issue that was just like on the side and, you know, oh, you hear about that thing? You hear, like, I was seeing this play out in real time every single day and it was overwhelming, right? Like it was such an overwhelming thing to be a part of. And for me, one of the things that I loved that Kaepernick did when he started his um, Know Your Rights camp and he did his million dollar pledge, when he took the money that he had and donated it yeah. to different causes, it wasn't just police brutality. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just, um, you know, one issue. He, he saw a multitude of issues that he could affect with his voice and with his money and with his influence. And I think that's kind of where I see this going. Whether or not Jay-Z is the person to do that remains to be seen. I mean, you, you laid out very good reasons why he may not necessarily have that as, as his top priority. And at the same time, this deal was not necessarily, like, I'm, I'm almost positive that that social justice thing was an aside. Yeah. That, that was probably not even discussed yeah. until I would like to think he brought it up. And the NFL is probably like, hmm, that probably helps us because we have somebody to give us cover. And, you know, that, that mm -hmm. whole thing. At the same time, their, their, their desire to have a black person cover for them and his intentions may not necessarily be the same. I, that, I mean, I have no way of knowing that. I don't think anyone does except him. And my, my thought process is this thing happened, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Now, um, there, there's, there's no realistic way to determine whether he truly cares about social justice. Take away all the things that he's done, right? I'm not yeah. even throwing, like all, all the stuff that he's done in the past, right? Let's just stand right now. There's no way to know whether he actually cares about social justice um, to the degree that we want him to care about it and to the degree that we feel that he can actually affect change in the short time span that we've had. So if in six months, still nothing, right? If in a year, still nothing, then I think it's more, I mean, I, I, I will be the first person to say, you know, we trusted you to, 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 to do this because of the standing that you have, yeah. you know, as a black billionaire, right? Regardless of how he made his money, because I mean, to, to your point, right? Capitalist society, you have to profit off of somebody. Every major business in this, on this, in this country probably had to start from some sort of illegal business, right? I mean, that, that goes back as far as the, uh, the American revolution. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I, I think that, that, we, the situation that we're in now, we can't go backwards. We can, we can only go forwards. And, and I don't mean that to say that, like, everything that's happened before this doesn't matter. I mean that to say that it, it's really, really hard to dig up the roots of a giant tree, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, it, I, I just don't see that as, as a realistic um, outcome in this scenario. But at the same time, I, I agree with everyone that, it's a, it's a very questionable situation based on what he said in the past um, about, you know, what he said in the, in the song with Beyonce, mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't, I you need me, I don't need you. you. Like, I said, no, he fully understands yeah. 
the position that he is in, and he fully understands the position the NFL is in. At the same time, I, I don't know if I can say that he owes Kaepernick. Oh. In, in, in the sense that, oh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that he owes Kaepernick in the sense that I'm not going to do the deal unless you, unless you sign Kaepernick. Because the way that the NFL works, every team is independently owned and operated, right? Yeah. The commissioner is put in power by the league owners. There's a, mm-hmm. a subset of league owners that put the commissioner in power. He, to my knowledge, does not have the power to place an individual player on a team. Yeah. So you got all these, these 30 white guys, right? A lot of them who probably want this situation to just go away. 30 of them, obviously, I think we can all say, don't want this Kaepernick problem, as they would uh, call it to come into their uh, fan base yeah. because they know that that's going to create either a, a, a groundswell of, of um, you know, hatred from their mm-hmm. white fan base. Um, or it, even if it doesn't create that, like they just feel like, well, we just don't want all that media attention. Right. We just don't want to, to, to cause any issues. So I, I don't really see how that he could have gotten Colin Kaepernick um a job back in the NFL. I do agree that this, the NFL can't get away from the fact that they uh, didn't allow him to work. Right. Yeah. Like they, they, that's why they said, and they still continue. And that's, that's why they yeah. settled. Now, granted, if I was him, I wouldn't have taken the settlement. I would have took it all the way to, to court mm-hmm. and I would have, I would have made sure that everyone saw, but he did what he did. And, and you know, he, he did what he needed to do for himself. So mm-hmm. I can't knock him for that. At the end of the day, um, I don't know if I don't know if there's anything that Jay Z could have done to ensure that Kaepernick was involved, based on this, the position that he's in. Now, maybe in a year he can do something, and it's like, yo, we really can't move forward unless y'all do blah 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 blah. Like sometimes these things take time. But like I said, I, I don't I don't know if if two weeks in we can say that this is a bad look. Yeah. Right. It, it may not it may not be the best looking situation right yeah. now. But I can't say that it's bad two weeks in, just based off of what I'm seeing. I mean, I feel like we could call it a bad look, because it doesn't look good right now for Jay. Yeah, it's, the, look, the look is kind of self-explanatory. The look is bad. The attentions, we can't, we can't judge the attentions right now. Yeah. However, I am a believer of your attentions are bullshit. It's the impact that you have. But we also don't know what impact this is going to have. Um, but with that being said, my issue with this whole deal is the social justice aspect of it. If Jay-Z was just going to be out there like, look, I'm partnering with the NFL because I want money in my bag. You know what? Like, that's not surprising to me. It's this whole thought that you can now bring in social justice when you haven't restored justice yet. And for the NFL, the first step to restoring justice is working with Kaepernick, Kaepernick, I caught myself, sorry. But anyways, um, it's to rehire him or to do, like, it's to work with him. And I don't think you could bring in social justice without first doing that. That needed to be step one. Um, Because it's just, it's just bullshit otherwise. It's like, I don't really think you care about black people. And I don't really think Jay-Z cares enough about black people to take this I don't know. Like, I don't want to say that. That's fucked up. I don't want to say that. But I, I do want to. Huh? I don't disagree with that. that you don't disagree with it? I, was yeah, I mean, I always found it really hard to just like I can't hear the word love kind of come out of 45's mouth and it doesn't sound like. Yeah. Flat and dry. 
you know, I, I believe, you know, as a black person, he's got inherent implicit, you know, interest as it's connected to self-interest and therefore love for black folk, you know, his mama black, he black. Um, but I think there's a divide that comes in, um, particularly with selling crack to your own people, um, mm. but much deeper level in capitalism itself. Um, there's another Malcolm quote that I uh, could go retrieve real quick. Um, if it wasn't Malcolm, it was Robert Allen. Uh, they were basically alluding to the fact that even amongst white people, um, you can't be capitalist and not racist. You can't because you've already inherited the one, which is the root of the other, yeah. right? And yet, and I found this through my own empirical evidence, my own lived experience, that the only white people I find who have aligned themselves with principles that are, are anti-racist in ways that I can not only co-sign on, but also be in allyship with, or F that beyond allyship camaraderie with, are like socialist white people because they've attacked the economic vehicle that embodies the racism and the thing that literally divides us from each other, which is the way, I mean, that's what classism is. That's what hierarchy is, right? And caste systems preceded it, yeah, but capitalism solidified it. It solidified it in a way that you really, literally um, will have limits on how you can climb. And if you can climb, you have to become an exploiter in, also, in order to do so. If you're gonna go from worker to boss, right? Mm -hmm. And you go from worker to boss, you go from field slave, house slave to master. You know what I'm saying? That same metaphor still applies. So there's no way that you can climb up that ladder without strip mining yourself of some of the love you have for your own humanity, even as a white person, much yeah. less your black humanity, your blackness, if you're a black person whose history comes from being exploited and now you have become the exploited in, in order to make it come up. And I think that was what, just to go back on your point of capitalism being racist, being exploiting black people and also erasing black people. I think that was my issue with this whole deal is that Jay-Z would not be, Jay-Z would not have this deal without Kaepernick. It would not be possible. You don't think so? No, you I don't, don't think Rock Nation's big enough that he could. I don't. I think um, they might have partnered with him to do the music aspect, but would there be that social justice aspect that they're trying to bring in right about now? To Jay Z, if it wasn't for Kaepernick, yeah, like, that would have the demand. And then the blatancy of like debuting it on the anniversary of yo, his that was just like, fucked up, yo. That was like the third year anniversary to the day. But it proves your point that like, boom, like where is the context for having this conversation if not, right? Because without Kaepernick doing that, they wouldn't have lost all of the Negro entertainers that they had, yeah. which was really revealing to us, again, the fact that, oh, we're, we're valued for the thing, like you said earlier, um, they were always valued for, which is we, can't, we are the engine of creation, literally. That's part of the Colonial Project too. Or we, we engineered, you know, all of that cotton production, which was like, um, the, the basis of, of Western capitalism's, you know, um, uh, jump off, right? Um, and we engineered all this creativity as we did it. And then the next great export became our culture from Buddy Bolden to Jay-Z, from Robert Johnson, from jazz to blues, to every musician in between. Um, we got people from here to Japan trying to, you know, look like us, walk like us, swag like us. And they understand the global imprint of that. You know, they understand that like NWA got rejected by all of these, you know, um, these, these white Western studios, what have you, but yet it got out there and made more money than uh, half of their, their, their movies, the biggest grossing black movie, I think, uh, uh, to that date, right? And so um, we're always upset in the setup with that. And all of those same white folks who don't want to hear us politicize, who don't want to see us especially politicized, this shows you how, you know, the power of art and then the limitations thereof, because, you know, we could talk all we want, but when Kaepernick, you know, stood up symbolically, mm -hmm. that was a uh, that was more than art. It was it was art and the symbolism of it, but it was an action, right? Yeah. 
And so that action alone has such deep, huge implications. Like you're saying, the NFL problem is an American problem. He addressed the American problem through the NFL. Utter sheer genius. And it definitely hit at the heart of everything because look how it made them just scramble and, and go crazy, right? And yet we could took, put 100 rappers up there to make veiled references or even maybe some direct, but mostly veiled references to oppression and white supremacy in a halftime show. Beyonce did it. And folks was whispering about it, but they wasn't like, they weren't acting like they are now about this Kaepernick situation because art always comes with this, 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 uh, this fun, um, benign type of um, vibe about it as though, you know, what you're saying is just for entertainment. It's under the guise of entertainment. We could pass all kinds of stuff through. And I'm saying that as an artist, you know what I'm saying? Knowing that we get co-opted all the time. I watch the greatest artists, you know, turn around and sell their stuff to Nike or whoever. And it could be completely a rebellious, revolutionary piece but once you put in that context it gets watered down and diluted because you can interpret it how you want it's hard to interpret what Kaepernick was doing what any direct activists are doing is anything less than exactly what they say it is a direct action is called a direct action for that reason right and so um I say it fails on all levels because even with a Jay saying okay what you're going to inspire change now look I've walked away from Donald Trump um rallies where we got thrown out okay and watch the white boys who just finished screaming on us riding away in, in a pickup truck playing J. Cole. Mm. Help me understand. <laughs> Help me understand <laughs> what they don't understand. Because it rhymes and it sounds good. They think, you know, he's saying that shit for fun. Like J. Cole ain't shooting directly at them. All right? But, I mean, he said it in his rhymes. I can't quote it bar for bar, but y'all know the rhyme I'm talking about, right? where he's literally calling out the demographic of folks that are being seduced and, and transfixed by, you know, uh, Trump's um, banter and what have you. And yet they can listen to that and still support the man because direct art and direct action, not one and yeah. the same. And then Jay-Z managed to kind of, in, ooh, my foot fell asleep, managed to erase what Cap did. He, and he said it, like when somebody asked him, would you take a knee? And he was like, well, I think we're past taking a knee. Um, if this were to happen in the future, I would hope that Cap would have a platform or somebody else would have a platform to take this protest off the field. And that within itself is a huge problem to me because what is action? When he says that we need to move on to action steps, what does action look like on a grassroots level where a lot of change has been made like this to me um, is a grassroots caps uh, demonstration is a grassroots level demonstration. Uh, Quest, y'all take it down, NOLA, grassroots initiative. You got those monuments removed. So what does action look like on a grassroots level versus what does action look like on a capitalist level? And can you really have capitalist action? Is that even Ooh, a thing? Come on, touch. <laughs> have a whole nother podcast about the definition of that. And I think about that in, in regards to like, um, this is where capitalism is really jacked up. Um, Venezuela, for example, that's all in the news getting vilified right now um, for being, you know, having a tyrant, a dictator, like mm -hmm. you know, tyrants and dictators, whatever, whatever. Um, one thing they never tell you about Venezuela is that like, uh, they have councils for every one of their, their, their different, um, you know, regions where people live 
that find out what the people, they have an actual democracy that, that operates there. But let me get to the economics real quick. Women get paid for being at home mothers, for example. There's stipends to, you know, um, compliment them for their labor, their work. Where in capitalist America ever do we see mothers, much less single mothers, getting um, paid? If anything, we vilify them, welfare yeah. queens, this, that, and the third, and they're doing the labor. This is labor. And I'm getting all this to say that how we qualify labor and action in a capitalist um, paradigm is so inherently problematic because if it's not a white man doing it or something is defined through the lens of whiteness or masculinity or patriarchy, it's immediately disqualified or, uh, or, or discounted in some kind of way, right? And mm -hmm. so activists especially, we do nothing but free labor, right? We get out there, we don't even want the money half the time because, you know, so many of us are anti-capitalist to begin with. We just want, um, we want the, the whole social... Uh, stratosphere to be reconfigured and redefined, if not smashed in order to do so. And the irony though there is, you know, it comes from such an emotional place. Mm -hmm. Emotions and patriarchy are feminine. Emotions are what, what, what girl folk and woman folk feel. And if a man does it, you know, that's just, you know, he might be crazy or um, all in his feelings as well. And this is emotion driven labor, you know, for him to put himself out there, imagine all the emotional labor and fatigue that comes yeah. with you know, risking yourself in that kind of way. And that's not defined as action. Why? Because you couldn't write a grant for it? Because mm -hmm. somebody couldn't sit you at a table and give you a check for it? That's bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, um, for, for Jay to talk like that, again, speaks to his, you know, uh, boundless ignorance as an uber-capitalist who, and boundless uh, oblivion and just the utter disrespect of it that, again, um, some of it is 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 inherent, like he can be a pretty shitty fucking person, as his own business partner said. But some of it, a lot of it is ideological, and a lot of what we need to do in this moment is speaking to the essence of your podcast to stop tethering so much of our um, analysis or lack thereof and our judgment of people, or our appraisal of them, to you know some personal thing where it becomes ad hominem, like we're just attacking a person. No. We need to really invest as we look at racism and white supremacy because we have a vested interest in it because it keeps getting us killed. Start looking at all the other ideologies connected to it. People are a byproduct of their thought systems. It's not about the person so specifically. It's about the fact you have systems that create societies, that create behavioral norms that are much bigger than the one individual inside of it. So I don't hate Jay-Z. He saw so much um, humanity in some of his other work that we all have been a benefactor of that and can appreciate at least some of it. However, I do hate capitalism. I do hate white supremacy. I do hate patriarchy. I do hate the way that they all converge, the way that the economic system and engine of capitalism embodies them and the ways that they mutate our thinking. Jay's a pretty smart guy. He ain't exactly genius, but he's fucking smart. And for him to miss big things like this is a byproduct of the fact that he grew up in a time and an era where, as I say in the blog, way before this rap thing, we was in concert. We as in him and Reagan and Iran-Contra and some of the worst uh, proponents of white supremacist, militarized, patriarchal capitalism that the world has ever seen. Literally stealing, you know, uh, literally financing wars in other countries um, by way of funneling in drugs from other countries that they're already oppressing, you know, from Nicaragua to, Israel, to, to, to Iran, right? And so, um, and then using our communities in Black America as the fulcrum for that, for that uh, exchange. Right. And so all of us getting subjugated by way of the government and, you know, the worst corporation of all and 
um, by where this biochemical warfare that came with it. And every black man, black boy that put that poison, that white poison in their hand to get to their black people was um, already inherently strip mining themselves of some of the humanity. You can hear it in the brother Jay Morrison, who's the real estate, you know, guru or whatever. He's like, yo, I could do this like nothing because I used to have to count these piles of coke and all of this money. I had to like measure all of that stuff. Yo, getting out here doing this real estate shit is easy. I ain't got to worry about going to jail. I ain't about to, you know, hurt nobody, kill nobody. And yet and still, you know, real estate has its problematic components because he could be helping gentrify a community that displaces people, all of that kind of stuff. But that's way better than killing you with coke and crack. Mm-hmm. Having one of my goons hit you. Right. And so if I could take this measure of poison, then all the other facets of capitalism become so much easier for me to maneuver. And that right there, that crooks is where we damn near lost our minds, hearts, souls to bring it back to what Malcolm said, kicking us off. Drop that dollarism on us. It's, it's hard to resist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like just kind of like going back to what I was saying, like what capitalist movement social justice movement has there been that just was it that did more than just look pretty you know that did more than just like look nice for the um the brand i think of all like the lgbtq support that comes out of businesses during pride month and it's like oh yeah you can like yeah you're spreading awareness but to me activism is more than just spreading awareness it's more than just your brand supports i'm trying to think of like one company specifically i know that Uber, right? When they, yeah. 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 Like during Pride Month, you know, they have that rainbow strip that goes on the, <laughs> on your Uber trail and all of that. But there's been businesses that will package itself for like being like pro-Pride, pro-LGBTQ, but then at the same time will donate to businesses that are very anti-LGBTQ rights. Oh, they are mad. You know? People who probably are in their culture. Yeah. Terrible to LGBTQ. Yes. And like this deal with the NFL is that same ideology of like okay we're gonna have jay-z and we're gonna say that we love black people and that we care about black people and yet we're not gonna give cat back his job we're not going to allow people to protest on the on the field to stand up for black lives and we're gonna call that destructive we're gonna call that a problem and we're gonna frown down on it we're gonna get jay-z to frown down on it for you so that way all black people now look at it and be like nah man i don't know you know like maybe cat wasn't in the right um it was still gonna be a modern day plantation that you know gives most of the uh, <laughs> ownership <laughs> to uh, you know old white men. You know mm-hmm. you still have black owners and you barely have black coaches. Yeah. You know, so black one thing that I will say is because I really don't think that this is a deal that's gonna ever trickle down and make a difference in Black America. What if he made it so that Black NFL players can protest on the field? What if he made it so that black NFL players have more of a voice? Is that enough to justify this partnership? I'm like, I feel like you can answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, and, and I, I think that's the hope, right? Like, yeah. And, and I know you said like, we already know what he's going to do, but um, I, I think that, I think that there's two things that I, that I would like to see come out of this that I would say are successful, whether they, the two things happen or not, obviously are not necessarily, well, one of them is not dependent on me. One of them is dependent on whether Jay-Z truly has the leverage that he, think he, that he thinks that he has. And that's all built on the idea that we assume that he actually cares that this- Yeah, that he wants to have right? that leisure. Let's assume, yeah. that, let's assume those two things are true for the, for the sake of the answer to this question. That, that is on him and the NFL 
to decide whether this is an issue that they actually care about or not, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I think if he were if he were able to to to, and I don't even want to say allow, but if he were able to make them see that they are uh, depleting their their uh, resources yeah. by uh, by forcing the seventy percent and seventy um, percent is how many black people are in the NFL. Not wow. all of them are necessarily taking a knee, but saying that people can't do this because and and it's directly tied to them being black. You're you're fucking up your bottom line, right? Because that that's the way to make them move. That's mm-hmm. obviously the only thing that they care about. I think um, the the biggest thing that comes out of this, whether you agree with Jay Z, whether you disagree with Jay Z, and and how he's you know moving. Um, we all as individuals have a choice to look around us um, and say, I don't like what I'm seeing, or I do like what I'm seeing, right? Like you can, you can, you have to be actionable within your own self. I think I, I, a lot of times people speak, I, I try to, to imagine them speaking directly to me, right? So like when he says we need action, if if he never takes action, whatever he thinks action is, fine. But for me, if I care about this issue, I should take action. Now, what what do I define as Mm -hmm. action for myself, right? Because I'm just one person with a TV, you know, in in the sense that I, you know, if if you're an NFL fan, right? Like in the sense that I'm, I could turn the TV off and say, okay, I'm not going to watch. I can write a letter to the NFL. I can say, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to boycott all of their, uh, their, mm-hmm. their, you know, Walmart and all the people who, who give them money, Papa John's, Domino's, whoever the hell is. is Not Popeye's, is right? Because their sandwiches are bomb right now. And I don't know if I can boycott. <laughs> please, please do not. <laughs> I don't please know if I can boycott not. the Popeye's sandwich. I swear to God, for the past three weeks, it's been Popeye's and Jay-Z. I swear to God, no, please you get know. me off this fucking minute. Um, but, but in, in all I, like, I mean, I, I live in, I, I grew up in, in New York City, right? Grew up in Park, but grew up in a poor neighborhood. I live in Harlem, right? A lot of the things that I see in a lot of these places, Brooklyn too, um, and not downtown Brooklyn, but some of the other places in Brooklyn that I'm familiar with, like Canarsie, right? The mm-hmm. places that people don't care about, that don't even think about, yeah. think about Brooklyn. Real Brooklyn, so to speak, right? Um, a lot of these things are, are, are not very different from the, the way they were 10, 15 years ago. There's not a lot of change there. Mm-hmm. So when I think about Inspire Change, when I think about being actionable and doing things, I'm thinking about my own community. Yeah. Because that's that's real to me. That's I fucking live there. I'm I'm planted there, right? I'm there when when shit happens. I'm there when the when the police are, you know, being aggressive towards somebody or we are being aggressive towards each other for no apparent reason, right? Like I'm there for all of that shit. So to me, I think that this regardless of what he does, I, I can't necessarily control that. Uh-huh. Right. I can hope that he to that, that you know his word is his bond and he's gonna go by that and that everything just you know comes up roses but that's outside of my control but in the areas that i can control i think and, and and this goes for anybody else i think in the areas that we can control as the 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 large population of people um that we are we need to decide okay what do we want what do we want to get out of mm-hmm. this right because if we decide okay you know what jay we're not fucking with you, so we're not gonna. We're not going to. If if he is all about the bottom line, just like the NFL is all yeah. about the bottom line, then that's the way to make him move, right? Yo, that oh that next album drop, not just your album, that J Cole album, album, that Rihanna album, whoever's on Rock Nation, and yeah, see that's that's where the it, pain it gets hurtful there. Yeah, but, but, yes. but I mean, but but but.
Like that, I think that's the mentality that you have to have. And you have to say, look, this issue, because a, a lot of people will talk about this, but then they won't go into it. They'll, they'll tweet about it and they'll say, you know, I feel like this and I feel like that. But when it actually comes down to doing something about it in the, in the manner that you can do something, not you specifically, but the people who are speaking, mm-hmm. they won't actually move, right? They'll just say, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just ignore it. But the problem doesn't go away. Like the problem is still there. So I think, um, I think, and, and that's, that's why I said, I won't say this is a bad thing because I think that sometimes good things comes out of, come out of bad situations. Um, I think inspiration can come out of um, a situation where you're like, I really don't like this, right? Like we saw, we saw with, with, when, when Trump got elected. Yeah. And the next time that there was an opportunity to elect people into Congress, how many women and how many black and brown people we were like, a lot of seats. Going, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so that's why I say like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but we have to determine in our own minds, like you said, like, this is something that we want to live with. Do we want to live in this capitalist society where all we care about is exploiting the next person for a dollar? Do we want to allow, you know, these initiatives to just kind of, you know, fall on deaf ears, right? Like, or do we want to take up the thing that Kaepernick was doing, which is, okay, let's not just donate money, but donate our time and donate our, our, our resources and our voice in the Know Your Rights camp, which to me sure. is like one of the, the most amazing things that anyone yeah. can do because, um, you know, that's stuff that people just would not know otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to tell you that you can do this or that. So how can, like, if, if, if we really do care about this issue as a collective, how can we do what we need to do to make sure that this don't just become a, okay, it was hot for three months mm-hmm. and then it just fell to the wayside. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't and know if that answers your question, but that's kind of where I, that's how I foresee this. Yeah, this. no, I definitely agree with what you're saying. I think like just Jay-Z's going to do what Jay-Z's going to do and we should look for him as leadership on how to be activists. Right. He's not an activist. Or even Colin. You know, he's, he's a capitalist. He's, he's a capitalist. capitalist. He's an artist. He's not an activist. And I don't think that that, I don't think that him being a capitalist, like you said, his sincerity may, may truly, he may really want to do the, the social justice reform thing. Maybe he's too far. I, yeah. I think, I think that the, the issue is he's probably too far away from it. Yeah. Like you said, like you have people like Nick who was in his own community, you know, trying to build it from the, the community yeah. level, right? Jay is in the corporate business world and his his thought assumingly is that he can just throw money at it right okay mm-hmm. if i fund it and 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 to be honest that's not a that's not a, a foreign thing right we have yeah you have um uh advocacy groups and lobbyists who literally will fund whatever it is that they want to fund that's how people are getting thrown out of the country because of advocacy groups have been uh you know pushing for immigration mm-hmm. reform for decades right so in in the capitalist world yeah, putting money into the situation works in a sense that, you know, you can make influence people, policy. It, it can influence, it influence policy, policy. But if you want to change things, obviously, then you have to do it at the grassroots level. So I think that's why I say right. we have to kind of decide, okay, which, which position are we actually in? Are we in a position to become, you know, the dominant capitalist people mm-hmm. in, this, in this country? Or are we in a position to disband that and say, that's not what we want. We want to do this and we're going to collectively say, Yo, we're not with it. This is not what's happening. This is what we're gonna do. This is what y'all yeah. gonna do, and we're gonna disrupt you until you come to the table and say, "All right, you're right. This is what we're gonna do." Yeah. Can I can I just offer this little quick little anecdote? Yeah. Um, I would say um, take for example um, 
in India during the uh, colonization um, of the British over India. They gave a blueprint that we adopted here by way of Martin Luther King with the withdrawing of resources. Mm -hmm. They simply said passively, we're not gonna participate, we're not gonna play. When you imagine how much cultural export we have and yet how coupled that is with such collective low self-esteem because of you know um, all of those years of being at the bottom of the uh, global totem pole and having misrepresentation of leaders who would sell us so short. Look, Jay don't need the NFL. If you could acknowledge that, but he would still you know, uh, go over in that direction. It shows how little even he believed in what he was saying, despite the fact he, he knew what he knew. We got to not only know what we know, but act on what we know, right? Our art can be withdrawn from that table. We already inadvertently doing that by way of, you know, collapse of the music industry as it was known, like, you know, giving our music to each other over the internet, what have you. Like, yeah. we have all kinds of ways that we can create and, and build global solidarity with other um, oppressed black and brown folks and we don't need to do nobody's Super Bowl show to do it like we don't need to uh, you know make music for them to do it like you know um, there's just way too much possibility that we absolutely don't even try to conceptualize because our lens is so controlled by the white gaze and mm -hmm. we're so busy trying to be validated inside inside of that 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 perception um, we can withdraw resources we can collectivize a lot of these things when Jay was asked another example um, years ago on some uh, panel, why doesn't he invest in the Marcy projects? You know, he came with the same kind of weak responses he did about this whole situation. He was like, well, projects were always designed to, to the point was to get out. Well, that's not what they asked you. They asked you, why don't you help people get out by investing in that community? He's like, I don't want to give a handout or some BS, he said, to, you know, enable people or something like that, right? But yet you handed yourself over to the white masters. You would give them you as a handout, but you wouldn't shell off some of your dollars. The same mislogic that uh, Kanye had, so desperately trying to be accepted by Nike and Adidas. Great, now he got his billion dollars. He got his billion dollars. What do we got? Yeah. You got these ugly ass shoes that we paying $300 for. I don't know what that did for us or for the culture. Like at the end of the day, like between the two of them having almost billion dollar empires, it just shows you the power of capitalism because they came from hip hop, from block mentality. And that could have been um, directed completely differently. We could have been investing with, you know, Afro-centered clothing design companies from here to Africa and helping, you know, you want to be a capitalist, you could have been doing micro investments in that way until we come up with something better. You know what I'm saying? But at least that would have been geared in a Nipsey Hussle-esque way towards investing in your own. They didn't do that, man. They still trying to be um, validated by this, uh, this outside of lens. So until we reverse our, our thinking and our seeing with good historical and political education, we're going to keep walking in the wrong um, direction. I mean, I think you, you like you said, I, and I, I said this initially, like we should, we should definitely, we have to wait to see if this bears fruit. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I, I, I don't, when I said wait, I don't think that that means like sit on your hands. No. Be, like, you know, be as active as you possibly can in, in, in the areas that you feel need action, right? So like I said, this, this issue is bigger than just police brutality. It's bigger than just, you know, one singular issue. There's a, there's a lot of things that affect the black community in a disproportionate way. Um, and some of, a lot of them are tied together, but they're not all the same issue. So mm -hmm. what the biggest part, I guess, is to educate yourself, right? Yeah. Um, read this man's blog, because obviously he's educated. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Um, you know, and, and um, 
you know, do, do the research for yourself. Like, I think the biggest thing is a lot of people want to be told what something is. They don't want to actually figure it out on their own. So figure it out on your own, right? Do your own research. I mean, that's what my mom used to say when I was younger. Go, go look it up. That was her, that was her number one thing was go look it up, right? So go. go look it up, do the research. Don't be, don't be so afraid to um, acquire knowledge, you know, and, and, and learn about something before you actually say that you have feelings on it. Because I think a lot of people have feelings on the issue, but don't actually understand the issue. You really yeah. don't know what's happening. Um, and they don't understand the, the, the history behind, the history it behind and the issue and behind the country, right? Like, yeah. like people, people get upset. People were upset about Kaepernick you know, kneeling for the flag or for the, for the national anthem and saying that it was disrespecting the flag, but won't go into the history of, of their own country, right? And, right? and how this country was was established and created. It was created on the backs of, of black people, right? That, mm-hmm. that is undeniable. I mean, it, there is no debate on that whatsoever. And anybody who thinks that, uh, you know, we should stand for a flag in a, in a country where even after we were, uh, you know, given our freedom, you know, we were driven out of those same places in the South that we called home, right? We could, we, we let the great migration, right? All that, a lot of that was because they were afraid that they were gonna get killed. So it's like, we gotta go, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was, we can't even get jobs, so we gotta go. Yeah. And the land that they left there was taken by somebody else. And, you know, now we don't even have that. So the, the, the idea that, you know, all of those things can happen in this country and we're supposed to just stand and hold our, you know, I, I, I say that with, with the caveat that, we are American. I can't. I can't be anything else but American. I'm, I was born in this country, and I'm not going to not be American just because th- this country is shitty. But I'm also not going to pretend that this country is not shitty, right? I'm going to. Right. What What I think what makes us American is that we we want this country to be better. Yeah. Right. We want this country to be better. That's what. That's why Kaepernick is a real American because his whole thing was how can we how can we re- truly how can you truly expect me to put my arm on my chest yeah. and pledge allegiance to this flag and all that when y'all won't even acknowledge what's happening today? Like not even what's happening in the past. Yeah, no one even acknowledge what's happening today. Somebody got killed, you know, that same summer and people mm-hmm. wouldn't acknowledge it. So I think that, to me, that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Is, you know, it's what Baldwin says, like James Baldwin. He said that I love America and therefore I have the right to criticize it absolutely. immensely. And right. Kaepernick, he loves this country and he has the right to criticize it and not to honor the flag when it's not honoring his life or the lives of black people. Um, Quest, do you have any last words? Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you said the Baldwin quote, cause it kind of encapsulates everything that I feel like um, Malik was saying this um, I'm very much in agreement with. And I just wanted to take it back home. And I guess I could encapsulate that in the Tupac quote um, to just show again, the rappers have gotten it right <laughs> on some point. Though Pac got a lot of things wrong. He said, as the son of a Black Panther, he's saying, um, and this is important because, again, the ideology of an anti-capitalist, you know, and pro-Black lens, he's inherited that through his blood and his genes, through the activism of his mother and her comrades. Um, He said, the powers and the people and the politics we address, period. You know what I'm saying? So I want to just bring that all the way back home and say that, like, the issue is, again, bigger than even police brutality, as Malik says. So it's definitely bigger than Jay's thing. I'm just glad that this is hopefully creating this kind of conversation so we can really use this as a teachable moment to remember from which we come and what we really got to look at. And if the powers and the people and the politics we address, it ain't about no leaders. 
It ain't about um, – because the leaders are misleading a lot of us at this point. And even Colin Kaepernick, word to you know, all he did and acknowledged the Nike deal and the settlement and all of that and recognized that these people in the millionaire class do not have um, the direct access to the everyday issues that we are dealing with. we got to solve our own problems. All right? So we're the leaders in this, and we need to take that kind of agency and authority over our own – Cells and make our own yeah. cells grassroots aware and do our own history and research. And the irony that we sit up here trading, you know, sharing darts to quote more, uh, you know, uh, rappers on some Wu Tang shit. Like we're throwing darts that we don't hear in mainstream media. Why? Because their uh, narrative is going to be censored by the very platform that they have. The fact they got that money, and it also means that you only get to save us so much. So word to Kaepernick, much love for using that platform to try to upset that setup, but he was only giving us a symbol, man. And we should be doing just as much work on our level. So when he comes to our communities to give us money, we'll tell him how to use, how to designate that yeah. money. Tell him how um, the work is actually done here, because um, he, can't, he can't tell us that. You know what I'm saying? We got to tell the world that for ourselves, yeah. and we got to do our own work to save ourselves. And I think that's at the heart of what the issue is here with Jay-Z is that he's telling us what we need to do and he's not talking to the people on the ground yes. how to, like what we need him to do with his money because he got a lot of it. He got a billion dollars of it. You could lose half of that, my dude, and you still go be good, right? <laughs> so we also want to hear from you all. Please go to my Facebook. My Facebook. Go to the Instagram page of the Black right? Yeah. Instagram, Al, moving on up. Yes. <laughs> um, but check out the Black Culture, Black Thought Instagram page. It will be linked in the description below. And leave a comment detailing your argument for this week's question, and you will be entered into our weekly giveaway. Each week, we will select the person who posted the comment that resonates the most with us, and you will receive a piece of work from the artist that we titled our episode after. So this week, you will be getting a copy of Black Awakening in Capitalist America by Robert L. Allen. Please, I just want to say thank you so much for Malik and Quest for coming on the show. My first guest, thank my you. homies. Thank I love you, you all so much. So big first that. episode. Oh, no. You did it, episode. baby. You did it, yes. <laughs> <You> did it. <laughs> Please follow both of my guests. You can find Quest on Instagram at Quest. You can also check out his article that he wrote on this topic. I will also link that into the description. There's going to be a lot of links in the description, all right? And you could follow Malik on his podcast, and I will put that down there. No Rules Podcast. The No Rules Podcast. Thank you. Um, so thank you all so much for listening. I'll be back with you in about two weeks to talk some other ish. Peace.